This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hi, Jason Glick. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, John. Yourself? Oh, it's hot. It's summertime now, officially. So, um, therefore, yeah, I'm doing all right. Why not? All right. Yeah. So, um, outside of that, and I know, you know, there's sweltering parts of the country and all that other stuff, but um, what do you have in store for us tonight? Okay. Well, here's something I've been hearing about for a good long while, and I finally got a chance to read for myself. It's um, Marvel Civil War Two, And, yeah, I realize this uh, almost a year out of date when it comes to uh, Marvel's big events series, but, hey, I wasn't going to pay, um, like, um like 50 bucks for this thing or even 25 when um when amazon had its discounts applied to it because i had heard just like so many bad things about the series basically that it was just like it was just that it was dumb poorly written it's like and had a lot and just like was just a lot of like um like meaningless chatter and being superheroes and just like the fighting apparently this is the point when people really started to sour on like having superheroes fight each other for their for their major events but um, but you know it's like I figure, hey, you know it's like like if it like as soon as this thing comes on sale, of course, I figure I might as well read it because I am invested in the uh, it's like in the ongoing narrative of the Marvel universe, and also it's like I figure if nothing else, I could get a decent podcast out of it, which is why we're here here why we're here right now. Having read it, well. It's actually not as bad as I was um, led, led to expect. Um, let me start with the, the the premise. Basically, it's like it's this stems from the ongoing influx of new humans to the Marvel universe, and um, one of these guys, a guy named Ulysses, who emerges from his um, in, in, um, Terrigen cocoon with the ability to see the future. Um, now, the uh, story now the way the uh, collected edition. Um, presents the uh, story is kind of is annoyingly fractured because the uh, the opening zero issue um, it's like has a uh, has a nice court scene with um, Jennifer Walters She Hulk um, arguing against you know free trying to defend a, a like a former supervillain from going back to the slammer for talking about the good old days it's like and um, it's like and also setting up James Rhodes with um hey you know maybe he can um be president someday if, like after he's done with this um with this uh, war machine stuff and if you think that's a sign of, sign of bad things to come well it's like you um have definitely read a comic book before haven't you it's like and also introducing us to to Ulysses um and giving us the the, the barest insight to his um. It's like his co- his precognitive abilities. Then you get the free comic book day story, which um, hits upon a plot point that um, is elaborated on fur- a little further on in the first issue. But basically, the uh, first issue shows us the, uh, the um, everyone in the Marvel universe coming together to stop off a celestial men- a celestial attack, thanks to the information they got from Ulysses. Now, while everyone's like you know kicking back and high fiving each other at the party, um, it isn't until. Um, Captain Marvel reveals Captain Marvel read Carol Danvers um, reveals like the source of this the information on this attack because the reason everyone they were able to drive off the attack was because they had such specific precise information about its nature. So um, Carol, so when Carol reveals that hey you know what the the Inhumans came to us with this information from this guy Ulysses who can see the future like um Tony Stark goes whoa 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 this is not good I mean it's like so you, we're basically 
like, like you got this information for the guy who can see the future, but we don't know how his um, his powers work. And also, it turns out his mind is um, telepath proof as well. So Tony's got some really specific reservations about this. Also, particularly with the fact that you know, Ulysses he can only see probable futures. He can't see actual futures, mainly because um, you know his Ulysses' future um, saw um, the Earth in ruins because of the celestial attack. Because they're able to um, defeat the Celestials, that makes his his future visions probable ones, not um, certain ones. So, so already you got the whole like get yeah, the divisions forming forming right there. Things only get worse when Thanos shows up. Why Thanos? Well, just cause looking on Earth, looking for the cosmic cube, and um, while while they're able to, while um, Carol Danvers and her team team of Ultimates are able to uh, like um, fend them off, it's not without casualties. One of them being um, James Rhodes. So, so like not so while the. Uh, so while the things arguably could have been worse if they didn't know Thanos was going to show up at that at that instant, um, Tony is um, really um, no, he's really angry, racked with grief by this, and so he kidnaps Ulysses in order to find a way to uh, determine that you know how do his powers work. This only inflames tensions between between the Ultimates and I'm sorry, the Inhumans and um, Carol Carol Danvers Carol people on Carol Danvers side of side of things and um basically the entire it's like like things the entire narrative just keeps spiraling out of control from there it's like so setting up um convenient like convenient argument points it's like in situations in order to like further divide divide the heroes on both both sides of this conflict now it's like as far as a civil war story it's fine um the original civil war was um like involved um like um, Tony Stark and um, Steve Rogers coming down on different sides of the Superhero Registration Act, and it was something that was handled with all the tact and subtlety that you'd expect from from a, from a Mark Millar written story. It had lots of big um, events, but really dumb dialogue. It's like and some, it's like and also some really just some really boneheaded stuff done along the way. Like hey, you know we're gonna reveal Spider-Man's identity to the world, only to um tie it back up in like a, a couple more couple months it's like and it's like oh we're gonna have like uh it's like we're gonna have like namor show up at the end just because all, th- all that kind of sh- fun stuff oh and the punisher punisher shows up part part way through it's like that's there's all sorts of um dumb dumb stuff in there and my fondest memories of this basically involve um like christopher bird's um um eight it's like we don't need your civil war um, remix version of it that he they posted on his on his site um, over the years back in the day. That was it's like that was great, and um, th- it's my it's my fondest memory of the original Civil War. Civil War Two is written by Brian Michael Bendis, who at one time, hell, it's like I I would consider one of the best best writers in the industry. These days, uh, Bendis probably needs to start. Um, dialing back his his, um, his output, or at least just focusing on on ground level street street superhero stories. He he does still his great work with um, with Miles Morales, as I'll get to in a bit. But um, some of the but some of the bigger stuff, um, especially when he does like um, plot driven stuff, where he's trying to uh, address big um, it's like big 
big stories done in other titles that that he will hasn't been masterminding. That's when he starts to, starts to go off the rails. Um, Civil War Two isn't one of his worst efforts of it's like of late, even though that there is some pretty dumb stuff in here, such as um, when when the heroes when he suggests a vision that the Hulk is going to go and um, kill everyone, and both uh, Tony and Carol get the idea. Hey, you know. Everyone, let's just go and confront him just to make sure this isn't going to happen. Which, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what you do. We're going to go get the entire superhero community, go confront the Hulk, go, go for, confront Bruce Banner, make sure he's not going to turn to the Hulk. Like, hey, Bruce, you're not, you're not angry, right? Like, we, we heard you're going to turn to the Hulk and kill us all, right? Yeah, because that's exactly how you handle that kind of situation. And also, the way that he's, well... Yeah, I guess it's probably not a spoiler at this point to say that um, he's killed by Hawkeye because a special gamma-tipped um, arrow. Now, on one hand, like I, it's like I I don't um, disagree with the reasons that um, Bruce had for going to Hawkeye with this, but it also feels just really arbitrary that you know that that he would like have this set up you know in the pages. Like of the miniseries itself, like there's a lot of arbitrary stuff in here, like just like the, uh, like the, you know, like um Thanos, like Thanos showing up at it, like right out of nowhere because you know why not? It's like, um, like this is like with with Bruce Banner and all. It's like with, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that it feels like it should have been seated in other titles, um, like beforehand and then made to like made to pay off here. Um, this business with um, like Bruce, kill, um, Hawkeye killing Bruce with the arrow that he provided—that probably would have been great to set up in some other title featuring these characters. It's like beforehand, have the payoff be here, but um, it's like as it is, it just like I said, it just feels kind of like kind of contrived. Also, the fact that you know, hey, all we needed to kill um, Bruce Banner over these years was just like a gamma-tipped arrow. I thought the way that um, the Hulk's powers worked, that whenever, like, Bruce is faced with, like, mortal um, danger, it's like he would um, immediately Hulk out, and um, it's like, and that would um, that would be the end of it, that you couldn't kill him through conventional matters, that, um, Bruce, like, um, the, like, the Hulk um, inside of Bruce wouldn't, like, wouldn't allow that, for lack of a better term. So, yeah, that's the kind of stuff we're dealing, dealing with here. Bendis has never been good about playing... Um, around with them, other the rules set down by other other writers regarding regarding their characters. Um, he fares better when the story um just to the uh, vision to to a vision like af- happens as um, Tony's Tony's and um, Carol's sides are fighting each, fighting it out um, at the Triskelion, and it's revealed that oh my God, Miles Morales is going to kill Captain America. Uh, never mind the fact that you know Captain America um, is. Like is secretly um, a, a member of Hydra at this point at this point in time in the Mar- Marvel universe, um, but and he, even though he's and he's also acting like perfectly normal, like for the needs of the story right here, but um, it's like but no, it's like so Miles is going to kill Captain America, and you know like that sets everything on course where it's for the final showdown between between both sides. It's like it, eventually it, it's like it all ends with um, Iron Man taking. Um, taken off the board. Um, it's like um, Carol regretting it, but still pushing forward with her plans to. Uh, it's like, like 
like um well actually like the story does kind of end like in a zero sum gameish kind of way because well we find out well Ulysses' fate basically um removes him from the board and it's like I mean he'll sure will come back at some point I mean but actually but um and I'm sure some, he'll actually become a more interesting character as well because he's one of Bendis's favorite characters like the um magical plot device character we it's like we um uh God damn it! I'm trying to remember the name of the girl from from House of M, like who knows stuff. It's like, and she and Peter David went on to flesh her out to great extent in it's like in X Factor. I'm sure I'm going to remember her like her um, name at some point. Um, and then you've got the uh, like guys like like um, the Omega mutant in his um, Uncanny X Men run that just like had the power to do whatever he wanted, but he had no personality as well. It's like um, Ulysses, it's like is <coughs> the kind of um, it's like it's a, the kind of like um, like personality free plot device that Bendis loves for these stories, and you know it's like wouldn't have killed him to like give him like some interesting quirks, but no, we don't get that get that here. But it doesn't matter because you know he's he you're probably never going to see him again um, outside of um, any writer who wants to uh, use him in a uh, like cosmic type story, so. There, so there you go. It's like, um, it's like overall, it's like it's not. Like I said, it's there. There are some interesting um debate debates between the characters. Um, to be honest, like even though, like people were people were were um, complaining about how Captain Marvel got the shaft of Star's characterization goes, they've kind of got a point. But at the same time, I can understand her. It's like you know why she would um like pursue pursue this just as I would with um like why Tony's like so bent out of shape about this as well. It's like it's it's like the the core conflict of the series is it's like it's fine. Um it's like and like I said it doesn't it's like at least at least the dialogue is far less terrible than the original Civil War if we're going to compare like sequels that way. Um Bendis also um did write a uh like a bunch of um the tie-ins to the uh, like two Civil War two and yeah there were a lot of them I've bought a bunch of them as well because they're series I've been reading now the only one that's really worth a damn however is the uh, Spider Man um, tie-ins um the second volume of of his Miles Morales series this is one where Bendis actually um takes a gets to um really dig into the like you tell about how Miles Morales feels about this, like about all, but all this stuff that's happening in the in the event series, but also how um, he feels about you know Tony Stark, um, you know, asking him to come be on his side about this, and also like you know, hey, it's a is is this, like does he really respect me, or is you know this is just like a rich rich white man trying to manipulate me in order, in order to make myself feel better? But there's also like additional context provided to s- certain scenes, like the decision to go. Goku from Bruce Banner, which unfortunately doesn't make it any less dumb, makes it a bit more understandable, but not any less dumb. And also, um, what happens when, uh, it's like, you know, when, like, um, when, um, the aftermath when, when Miles is revealed, everyone gets that vision that Miles is going to kill Captain America. How does he deal with it? How do his friends deal with it? You know, it's like, there, I, I said in my review of this volume that, you know, Miles navigates the, the, the fallout of the Civil War II is not really a specific, you know, 
like my like Miles Morales story, but it's like reading Civil War the actual miniseries. It actually does make me um think a lot more fondly of this, it's like of like of this um volume itself. It's like I kind of it does kind of show that you know when you do like when you do give a writer more space to tell a story, it's like they like some really good stuff can happen, and that's true here. So if you first of all um if you're not reading um. Spider-Man Miles Morales, you really should be. Um, and also, if you do um, buy um, Civil War II, be sure to pick up this one, because it's the most essential of the Bendis-written ones. The other ones being his the three issues of Iron Man that he did, which aren't really a story, it's just like individual issues showing him checking in with like with the stockholders, with new Iron Man, soon-to-be new Iron Man, reread Riri Williams, um, like Doc, um, Victor, um, Doctor Doom, and also getting a uh, decent um, conversation, the attempted con- at, um, conversation and reconciliation with with um, Cap- with um, Captain Marvel while they're both trying, wind up attending the same um, AA meeting. It's these issues are fine for what they are, but at the same time, they don't really um, advance the story all. It's like all that much, or they or tell a single story. It's just they all feel like kind of like deleted scenes in the main a miniseries. In fact, the uh, the uh, middle ish, issue of them, issue thirteen, ends with um, Tony about to confront um, um, Doom about you know just why he's been like you know trying to be buddy buddy with them in the series so far, and it the next issue does not feature them at all. It just feels real. I'm wondering, like, where the hell are they gonna are they gonna talk about this? Oh, wait a second. This is probably a teaser for the um, infamous Iron Man um, series that Bendis and Malieve are doing. Oh well. And also, um, as far as the new Iron Man, um, Reed Williams, you know, I was kind of hoping to get like a greater case put forward for her status as new Iron Man. Here, it's like aside from the fact that okay, she's brilliant. She built herself a kind of Iron Man's. Um, a suit here. She meet, she meets meets Tony Stark. He's impressed by her work, and that's it. You know, still not quite sold on her, like on on her as the uh, as as taking over the uh, the the um like the, the mantle of Iron Man yet. And this doesn't doesn't help me. So I mean, maybe I'll just have to buy the first first volume to see um, what Bendis does does with her. But uh, I don't know. It's like it. It just reads like you you could it, this could have handled been handled a lot better. I mean, why not just have ha, have her um, be be like you know like someone like that um, Tony Stark you know like was judging at a tech competition and he just like you know passes off her work as just being oh yeah hey you're not not bad maybe you'll be good someday. Then she goes oh someday you know, I'll show you. It's like and she tries. And she goes and builds herself an Iron Man suit because she wanted to say, "Hey, you know what? This is what I can do, Iron Man. If you don't like it, suck it." You know, Sony who is trying to be, um, trying to um, like you know, show what she can do and starts doing it by show, showing up Iron Man like at first, and then you know, learning to be a hero like, like in the process. You know, that's not what we're getting, but you know, it's like I'm just saying it's something that would have been better than you know what what I've seen of Bendis' use of the character so far. Oh, and then you've got the uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy tie-in issues, which are just mainly there to get the uh, Guardians on-, on Earth. 
because hey, you know, it's like we haven't done a Guardians on Earth story in the uh, it's like like in the modern era in a while yet. So, uh, I don't know. It's not bad. It's like it does has some interesting fracture of the team dynamics, especially once Gamora learns that her dad Thanos is um being held um held um on Earth, and that's um th- that was kind of interesting. But overall, it's like it's it's like it's kind of it's pretty okay. And overall, it's like it's the uh, the s- second half of um Bendis's run on Guardians hasn't really been all that impressive, and this kind of continues continues that trend, regrettably. So, oh, but as far as other, um, like, Civil War tie-ins go, <laughs> well, it's like arguably the, uh, the very best um, Civil War tie-in was, would be, um, it's like, the uh, Civil War 2 issues um, for, um, new, for New Avengers, AIM, which basically represent the uh, culmination of everything that Al Ewing has been plotting for the series in its first year. Despite the fact that you know Ewing makes some token um, nods to the um, like to the crossover before before just um, like getting on with um, his story, it's like it's like it that actually is pro- it's, this is probably the best um, like Marvel superhero title I've read so far this year because like I said it's just like the thrill of the plan coming together of that feeling we go when like you feel that the heroes are completely outnumbered like outgunned outmaneuvered and then to realize that oh wait a second no they do have a plan in fact they've been in control the whole time it's like it's just really exactly what i want for my superhero comics and um even though it's like it says it's a civil war 2 tie-in it really isn't it's just it's a red skies type crossover and it's it's like and um i'm not going to hold that against it like the fact that um, it probably got them a few more readers, however briefly, um, is absolutely worth it because you know it's like the story is that good and deserves to be read by it's like by everyone. Well, you know, assuming you've read the first two volumes, and if you haven't read the first two volumes, go out and read them because they're great. So, I guess you know it's like if you're like me, um, and you're in- invested in the. It's like in the na- narrative of the Marvel Universe, and yeah, go ahead and pick up Civil War too. It's like it's not as bad as you've heard. It's got some decent parts, got some dumb parts in it, but um, it's but you know it's like it's not it's like it's not the um steaming trash fire that other people have made made out to be. Be sure to find it at a deep discount though. I wouldn't say it's worth paying fifty bucks um for the whole like for the whole thing. Oh, I do. I should mention that um the majority of the art on the miniseries was handled by David Marquez and he does fantastic um, detailed character work. He's kind of like um, Mark, Mark Bagley with a more, with a um, greater attention to detail because he's great with action, great with character designs. It's like um, character, character drama. And um, I can see why he like, um, why he likes working with Bendis so much because they've got, because he's great for Bendis' dialogue heavy approach. Um, other artists like um, Oliver Corpel and um, Jim Chung also contributes um, and Andreas Sorrentino also contribute um, work here as well. And they're f- they're fine, but this is Marquez's show, and he really does knock it out of the park. But as far as buying the series, what is it? Find it at a deep discount. I picked this up for like ten dollars digital, because <laughs> yeah, because that's how, that's how I roll. But um, if you're going to buy um, anything from this, buy um, the 
the Miles Morales um, series and also um, the New Avengers um, title as well. I mean, no, New Avengers really doesn't have anything to do with Civil War Two, but you know, hey, it, it it's like I said, it nodded its way in order to get some extra sales, and it's a great series, and I absolutely think that everyone should be should be reading it. So, there you go. Um, I guess uh, John, it's like I know you're out there somewhere. Um, any thoughts on your end about all this um, Civil War business? So, did you mention? If have you compared the first Civil War series to this one? I did. Okay. All right. See, that tells you how much I was paying attention. Um, so, and did you say that the first one was better than this one? Uh, this this one is, far, I guess, if nothing else, this one is far less annoying than the first one. Far less annoying. So that's your that's your bottom line here on this. Hmm? Yeah, but I guess if you are if. If you really like Mark Miller's um, style, then you're probably going to be more partial to the first one, regardless. But you know, it's like Miller just grates on me like nothing else these days. So <laughs> there you go. All right, you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Um, not a damn clue, but I'm sure I'll have something in two weeks for you guys. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right. Later's. All right.